Real leaders leave a legacy. They capture the hearts and minds of their teams. Their origin story puts the safety and well-being of their people first. Great companies ubiquitously have safe yet productive operations. For those companies, safety is an investment, not a cost for the C-suite. It's a real topic of daily focus. This is The Safety Guru with your host, Eric McCroskey, a globally recognized ops and safety guru, public speaker, and author. Are you ready to leave a safety legacy? Your legacy success story begins now. Hi, and welcome to The Safety Guru. My name is Eric McCroskey, and today I'm very excited to have with me Kathleen Dobson, who's a safety director with Alberici. Uh, she's here to talk to us a little bit about suicide prevention uh, and awareness in uh, the construction industry. Kathleen, welcome to the show. Really happy to have you a uh, part of the conversations. Oh, thank you so much, Eric. It's my pleasure to be here. Kathleen, to start out, if you can share a little bit about your journey uh, and how you got into safety and, and, and really your passion about the topic we're going to talk about today on suicide prevention. Absolutely. Thanks. I started out as a hospital-based registered nurse. And after about 15 years in the hospital, I ended up working for a uh, manufacturer as their occupational health and safety nurse. And, and some of the roles that the nurse had were not very traditional. For example, I was responsible for managing confined spaces and I was responsible for conducting aerial lift training and fork truck training, things that I really didn't have experience in. And so I educated myself, got some training, and as I was as I was developing my my training programs, um, I was asked to participate in safety audits. Again, something that I wasn't really familiar with, um, but I really enjoyed. And when that position ended, because uh, you know the, the the company downsized and so on, um, I found myself with several different um, experiences: hospital-based nursing, manufacturing, a little bit of safety, a little bit of training. And I was fortunate enough to find a job with Alberici Constructors, who recognized that I understood behavior-based safety and some components of construction. So that's kind of how I got to where I'm at now, um, you know, back 20 years ago. And and, and really my, my passion for suicide prevention, um, I've had several um, friends and relatives who have committed suicide. One was a, a registered nurse colleague of mine. She was probably one of the first people that I knew that that had had, had taken her own life. Um, my husband's cousin, my own cousin, and and so there's. I think um, it it shows that almost anybody can be affected by right. suicide. And about five years ago, um, I heard a presentation from a group called the Construction Ind Industry Alliance for Suicide Prevention. And I said, wow, that sounds great. And I, and I found that one of the organizations that I belong to, NAWIC, which is the National Association of Women in Construction, as well as TALK, as well as talk, the Association of Union Constructors were both involved pretty heavily in this in this process. 
And when I went to NAWIC to ask them how active and how involved we were, they said, not very. They were lending their name more than anything else. And I said, well, we need to do more because because this is a real crisis in the industry. Um, people are are dying every single day, much more so right. than much more so than falls and electrocution um, and being struck by vehicles on the highway. But we never we don't talk about it and we don't recognize it. So so both talk and NAWIC have put together position statements and since they've been doing that, I've been advocating for mental health awareness and suicide prevention. That's phenomenal. And can you share maybe a little bit about why it's so important in the construction industry? Um, so some of the elements that, that make it um, <clears throat> perhaps more prone uh, to, to, to suicide uh, and, and the risk associated with it. Oh, sure. Well, in construction, for many, many years is really an institution um, with a, a pretty narrow view of who belongs. Um, so gender, race, religion, ethnicity are all concerns. And if you were in the building trades and your family was not part of the generations of workers, you're really an outsider until it's proven otherwise. And so People who are outsiders obviously are are not included in um, in the day to day companionship relationship, the camaraderie, the community that the construction industry offers. And if if they have issues, and 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 honestly, there's probably forty or fifty percent of people in the United States who, at one time or another, have some sort of a diagnosable mental illness, whether it's, you know, I mean, it could be depression that, that's that's temporary or could be depression right. that's, that's long-term and overwhelming. But the construction industry has been, has been made up of very stoic men, mostly, and the industry is, is recognized for high hazards and taking risks and being the tough guys. If you're injured, you just kind of suck it up and you go on with your business. And and so those are just some of the reasons why uh, construction gets impacted because we don't we don't share our feelings. We are we are taught really to to not suffer you suffer in silence and and that and that just that overall attitude nothing can happen to me um and we've got this this real um sort of macho image um right. about the about the industry these are traits that are that are in quite a few other industries as well um there's no doubt that that all of this also has an impact in terms of overall health and safety. Because if if I'm not well uh, in some way, shape, or form, I'm not going to show up with potential on the job, and and other things can also happen, which can impact myself and also my peers. Um, can you can you show me maybe a little bit more about why businesses need to do more? Uh, I, I often 
have heard in the past, which I, I think is completely wrong, that business shouldn't start dealing with mental health themes and issues. Um, tell me more about how you remove the stigma and why it's so critical for businesses to, to drive change around suicide and suicide prevention. Well, I think I think you 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 mentioned a word that I don't like using, and that is stigma, because stigma places the places a negative impact on on the individual. Um, if you're stigmatized, you are often um, negatively looked at in your within sure. your group, and 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 we really should not we really shouldn't put blame on people because they are depressed or they're in pain or they're um or they may have another issue that that has caused them to suffer with their mental health right and i think it's and i think it's important that we talk about it um you know, another another situation that has happened in the industry is that we brought on board and recruited many, many, many people who have transitioned out of the armed services. And a lot of those individuals, especially if they have um, seen action in, um, in, in a war zone or some sort of a conflict, um, they suffer from post-traumatic stress. And so the triggers on the job site, loud noises, um, shouting can trigger a, a, a stress reaction. If we talk about True. it, if we talk about it, it becomes very commonplace. And and I can't I can't take credit for this, but but one of my colleagues said if we can talk about prostate problems and psoriasis, we can talk mm -hmm. about mental health and suicide prevention. And and right. I think that it I think that you know as as we we see from years ago, no one ever said the word cancer, and mm -hmm. because because there was that 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 view that. Oh, you know, there, there, there was something bad about that. And so once we started to recognize there's nothing bad about it, we can help people who have cancer. We can we can help them transition through the different phases of, of the illness, even even if it is um, deadly to them, we they need they need our support. They don't need to be isolated and ostracized. And I think that our, our, I think our individuals who are having mental health crises are, should also be treated the same way. They should not be isolated. They should not be ostracized. And, and it takes a, an individual who has a, a, a keen eye and ear for listening to their fellow workers and hearing hearing them talk about about situations their families um what's going on in their lives and as well as you know that sort of inflection that they're hearing how they're doing their work and and if we can educate our first line our frontline supervisors to make them more aware 
of what to look for, patterns to look for. Um, if people are kind of going down that um, that path towards suicide, I think we're going to save a lot of lives. Yeah, I, I, I think that's it's so important. It, it, it's it's part uh, the the work environment is a huge part of each person's life, and and the more people are aware of signs, the more they they're prepared to to address themes, issues, have conversations. Uh, the the more positive impact we can have overall. So I think this is incredibly important what you're doing in that space, um, and, and really trying to create more awareness around it for for businesses. So so on that on that topic, what what does what can businesses do to to drive real impact around this? Well. You know, we, we talk about having employee assistance programs, and I think that they're great. However, most employee assistance programs are designed to assist people in a, in a traditional work setting, in an office setting, I believe. Um, I don't right. think they're often equipped to manage field workers because they don't understand what the field worker is going through. They don't understand the the aches and pains that they have at the end of every single day um, and and how those aches and pains then can trend, transition into another trigger, which is overuse of prescription medications and, and, right. and addiction to those prescription medications. So I, I think that having an employee assistance program is great. I think that the people involved with those employee assistance programs need to get out onto job sites to see how workers are and how the work is done. Because nobody's going to call an employee assistance program if they don't trust that that their conversations are kept confidential and that, that and that there's there's no way for it to get back to the human resource department. Because are they, are they going to put a little check mark beside my name or um, a little <laughs> asterisk when it says um, Kathy made a phone call to the EAP and she's now she's concerned with her finances or she's concerned with her marital status or she's concerned about the the, the addiction that she has. Um, so having an EAP program, I think um, getting families involved um, just by sending home material. It doesn't have to be real focused. It can just say something like, are you okay? And if you have if you have a problem, here's a number to call or here's a person to talk to. Right. I've seen um, I've seen. Um, job fairs or, or, you know, where, where, where people bring in their, their families to, to celebrate a project and there's some vendors there, you know, they have some giveaways, they have some games for, for, for children. And occasionally you'll see a table set up, nobody behind the table, just pamphlets and information about, substance abuse and alcohol abuse and mental health awareness and suicide prevention those tables get cleared out all the, all the information gets taken and wow. taken by a family member or it gets taken by the individual themselves because they don't have to directly say anything to anybody again having a supervisor trained and aware 
so that they can be what what we call a gatekeeper from from the field sure. to from the field to a to a, a helping environment um, to the to the suicide um, lifeline number to to say hey how are you doing and and right. and continue to probe because when somebody's when somebody typically asks you how you're doing you're like oh yeah I'm okay um, but. <laughs> But if if that person says, you know what, you just don't seem like yourself. You seem as though you've hit, you've got something weighing on your shoulders. Do you want to talk about it? And sometimes then it gives people right. the opportunity to open up at that point. Uh, really important. Uh, and, and I know when we've talked about on on the EAP side uh, before, uh, there's some organizations I've seen where um, the EAP has gone to a next level where they also have peers that are part of. Um, the organization that, that were previously frontline workers or still frontline workers who take part in it. So, so that, that seems to address your, your point around people that understand the work environment. So with some skills around it, I think the theme around the supervisor awareness and, and understanding is so critical because that's the person that's going to interact the most with, with a team member that, and they have a chance to check in. I know in Australia they had a, an annual campaign that's, are you okay? And it's really around, um, helping broach the topic, the conversation, and, and speaking about it in all organizations on, on a regular basis around the importance of mental mental health, mental well-being, uh, but also in terms of suicide prevention. Absolutely agree, and and I, and I think that by asking somebody, "Do you feel suicidal?" They're not going to go out and commit suicide. They're going to recognize right. that as as a as as a helpline um, that that they could utilize. One thing I want right. to want, one thing that I wanted to to point out about having um, having frontline supervisors being those those individuals who can really make a difference. Um, I read I read an article um, over the weekend. Um, a gentleman by the name of Calvin Byers. He is um, he's really a thought leader. He's really been on the forefront of of addressing suicide prevention in the construction industry and mental health awareness. He said, you know, nowadays we 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 have to focus in on people's eyes because we can't see we can't see expression any other way. And sometimes you can see in people's eyes. Um, the sadness that's there when they when they are suffering with with an issue. Right. Wow, that's a really really important point. Uh, anything in terms of really connecting, but that that means you've got to be comfortable making that eye contact, having a conversation, be looking for for potentially signs of of challenges that may be happening. Exactly, and you know, as I said, our our supervisors are are not always they're not always the most. Um, people persons on the job site. You know, a lot of times they are, right. they're, they're the people there to get things done. They're not the people that are on site to kind of um, coach and guide and, you know, give the old um, hugs and tell them that people are doing, you're doing okay, you're doing great. <laughs> exactly. And, and I know just, just a couple of days ago, there was uh, World Mental Health Awareness Day. Um, and it was, it was it was looking into it just before our conversation, and and 
I found a staggering statistic uh, from the CDC that just talks about the relevance, the importance of this. Uh, they said that uh, this was done just just over the summer. They said one in 10 Americans had considered suicide the previous month, about twice as many as in 2018. So the, the problem, obviously, with, with social distancing uh, and the pandemic uh, it, it likely pointing to, to this increase. Uh, but the other element is young adults, 8 to 24. The proportion, proportion was astonishing. It was one in four. Um, so, so just really uh, such a critical theme now um, and, and in construction, but in so many other industries are really in the space of, of health and safety. Yeah, you know, and, you know, when you talk about the, the one in 10 and how that number has really increased, I think that, you know, because we have been so isolated and in in our own homes and away from from our community and our and, and, and our people that have always given us comfort, um, you know, if you if you had problems at home before they're probably not going right. to be any better because you're there all the time. Um, <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, and when you, and when you address uh, the children, that number one in four, that's really, that's, that's frightening. Um, it is. And, and it, I think that, that really looks at the issues that surround the culture that the children are in, um, the, intimidation, the harassment, the bullying that 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 child gets that's really be, that really becomes a psychological um, that really has a psychological impact on them. You know, as, as, a, as adults, sometimes we can deal with that. But when you're a child, you have no idea how to how to deal with somebody who is always putting you down because of your your height, your weight, your inability to do sports because you're a nerd, whatever the case may be. I mean, there are there are hundreds of different reasons why why children are ostracized or picked upon. And 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 children don't know how to deal with it. That leads really well to to kind of next next theme and I'd love to explore with you is really what what can you do about this? Um so you've talked about what organizations can you can do but what can an individual who, who listens to this, who has awareness, says, what is it that you can do to make a difference um, in, in ultimately in people's lives? One of the first things that I would that I would recommend is for people to download the lifelines for suicide prevention on their phones and um, in the and in their and then their messaging. You know, so so that so that if you come across somebody, you can readily say, "Hey, do we need to call this number? Do you need some assistance with with um, with just finding some support?" And right. and if we advocate, and if we can advocate for people, I think that's really really important. You know, the the the, the suicide lifeline number, by the way, is eight hundred. Two seven three eight two five five, and the and the the, the lifeline number is seven four one seven four one. Phenomenal resources to have at, at your at your fingertips, um, if ever you you 
come in, in, in come into a situation where you've got to have a conversation, do something about it. So, so thank you for sharing that. And any other suggestions for for people in terms of um, a difference they can make, either in terms of if if you know somebody that that might be contemplating, or you're not sure how to approach the conversation, or even if you want your organization that you're part of to start really embracing that something needs to happen. I think I think really just opening up the conversation is is the first real key step in all of that. Um, and 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 just being able to to ask that first question, um, are you okay? Right. Um, there's there's many, many, many ways that an individual can 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 help and support um, by you know just by being an advocate. Um, if you're on the job site, find find and download some posters, some suicide prevention, some suicide prevention posters. Um, ask your company to offer workplace mental health screenings. Um, get the EAP involved or, or community mental health professionals in so that they understand and know the workplace and the culture of the company. And I think it's important also for us to to recognize that if somebody has a mental health issue, when they come back to work, neither they nor their problems should be ignored. You should be able to talk to them and say, "Hey, welcome back. We're glad to have you back. But if you if you continue to have an issue, I'm here to help you. You know, thanks for trusting in right. me. I'm on your side." That's really important. Um, I, I, and I thank you for, for everything you've done in terms of creating awareness around this, in terms of um, helping organizations start embracing in terms of the role and how they can make a difference. I really appreciate you coming uh, on, on the show to, to speak more about this uh, so critical topic uh, around suicide awareness and prevention. So thank you so much, Kathleen. Oh, sure thing. And just one more reminder, everybody take that check up from the neck up. and tell everyone. Thank you for listening to the Safety Guru on C-Suite Radio. Leave a legacy. Distinguish yourself from the pack. Grow your success. Capture the hearts and minds of your teams. Fuel your future. Come back in two weeks for the next episode or listen to our sister show with the Ops Guru, Eric McCroskey.